Hello and welcome back to another edition of NAEMT Radio. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence. It's December already, and this is episode 21. Uh, we started this project uh, approximately 12 months ago, and this is the end of our first full year of NAEMT Radio. And uh, to help me uh, get December kicked off, I'd like to welcome uh, my guests, Matt Philbrick, Shannon Watson, and Nicholas Mutter. Welcome. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, workforce engagement, but uh, before we talk about that, let's just do some introductions, and uh, I'd like to get you to introduce yourselves. You're obviously all active members of NEMT. You're involved in committee work, which is excellent, and so Matt, why don't you uh, give us your backstory? Yeah, thanks again, and and we'll try not to take it personally that it took 21 episodes before you got the the three of us on, on the podcast. Um, so first of all, in all seriousness, thanks so much. Appreciate the time uh, in all sincerity. Uh, a lot of work goes into uh, these things before you hear anyone's voice. And so just to make it this far is is an honor. And uh, it's a pleasure to share the company with you, Rob. So I appreciate that quite a bit. And you said that just the way I wrote it for you, by the way. So well done. <laughs> but you're very welcome. You know, your, your chat GPT did that for me. <laughs> um, so my name is Matt Philbrick. I've been involved in EMS for just about 20 years. Uh, I started as a frontline provider, worked many years uh, in the back of an ambulance, in the back of an aircraft, uh, both fixed wing and rotor wing, uh, and then made a temporary lapse in judgment about 10 years ago to accept the role of an operations manager for a medium-sized nonprofit air and ground ambulance company in Southern Oregon. So shout out to Mercy Flights. Uh, uh, had a lot of wonderful memories there uh, and a wonderful team down there in Southern Oregon. About three years ago, I joined Global Medical Response as the manager of the Health, Wellness, and Resiliency Division. I known as GMR Life. I work with a wonderful team. Uh, we do, hopefully, we, we are doing a lot of great work and get to collaborate with teams across the country in many different disciplines, uh, work with many different leaders, uh, and find a, a lot of importance in both wellness uh, and, uh, and the overlap into leadership and employee engagement. I also do quite a, a bit of work with a group called Safe Tech Solutions. I'm one of the consultants for Safe Tech, uh, and we get to work with even more agencies outside of the GMR footprint. So, uh, I'm very involved in EMS and really love love the work that that EMS providers do. I, I fall into the camp of this being the absolute best job on the planet. So I love anyone that's walking the walk of EMS. Wonderful. And you, sir, are a natural, and I can guarantee you're not going to have to wait 21 episodes to get back on NAMT Radio. Let me tell you that. So, uh, Shannon, can you top that? Oh, I don't know. That was a great introduction. Well, I'm Shannon Watson, and I have been doing work with NAMT for over 10 years. I started on the EPC committee, and then now I am on the board of directors. And by way of this podcast, I am working with the EMS Workforce Committee. So excited to come to everybody today and discuss employee engagement and why this is relevant. So I've been in EMS for 18 years, and the last 15 years have been at Christian Hospital EMS. So it's a private hospital-based system up in North St. Louis County, and we serve a urban community. We're pretty high call volume and we've got a, a, an employee workforce of 140 and I've fulfilled various roles. So I was on an ambulance here. I was an educator. I did mobile integrated health. And then the past six years, I was the assistant chief for the EMS department. And I've actually moved over now to BJC corporate health, but I just love EMS. I'm very involved. I think that it's so important. I want to help develop you know, EMS into a profession and just be there for those and help support in terms of the leadership realm, 
and just stay engaged and involved. So I'm very excited to be here today, honored and and just think it's a privilege. So thanks for having us on, Rob. Nick, there's no pressure now, but uh, give us a great intro. That's going to be a tough one to follow. Uh, both of them are uh, very well versed in everything. Um, so I'm the baby of the committee. My name is Nicholas Mutter. Um, I'm a paramedic with Boston EMS. I've been in EMS for about 15 years. This is my first year uh, being involved with the Workforce Advocacy Committee. So this is my very first podcast, my very first time uh, doing anything with NAEMT as far as committee stuff other than, um, you know, EMS on the Hill and other associated things like that. Uh, Like I said, I'm a paramedic with Boston EMS. Uh, I'm our union secretary for Boston EMS, and I also work as a uh, clinical coordinator at a local paramedic program. So I don't have quite as much to say uh, as the other two, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to learn a lot with you guys and uh, give some good input. Oh, uh, I I think we all collectively think you'll have a lot to say as we go on. but uh, For sure. Ladies and gentlemen listening, of course, what you need to know is these are some very experienced people. They have served their time uh, on the streets, and uh, some of them are still working the trucks, but of course they have an amazing range of uh, leadership and managerial experience as well and hopefully we can talk from both sides of that experience when literally i'm going to throw the first question at you now uh, we're here to talk about a culture of workforce engagement Uh, can anybody give me a definition define that what does it mean i think it's a great place to start and then and then if you're a a typical ems person the immediate follow-up question is well why the heck do i care about that so employee engagement it can be summarized as a warm feeling, a warm relationship that you have with your workplace. So if you're someone out there who's working in the back of an ambulance, do you feel like you belong? Do you feel enthusiastic? Do you feel committed? Uh, Do you feel loyal? Are you willing to do more than what's required without the increase uh, or the expectation of an increase in compensation? And engagement is that feeling, and and it sounds very visceral, but that feeling of belonging at your at your employer or at your workplace for those of us that are working uh in the street a 40-hour work week is not in the ems language right we typically at a minimum are doing 48 hours a week sometimes longer than that and so for that amount of time that we're spending at the workplace we want this this intense feeling of a sense of belonging now on the other hand why should you care right so if you're an ems manager and you're like okay listen i've got uh, response time compliance, I got to worry about. I got staffing, I got to worry about. I got county commissioners that are breathing down my neck because we're, you know, our under eights are are out of compliance. Whatever the long list of of, you know, competing priorities that exist out there in the EMS world, why should you make time to to worry about whether or not your employees are engaged or not? Well, if you don't know this by now, some of the best organizations, some of the highest earning organizations, the Forbes 500 shifted from being the highest earners. They, they published the, the, you know, the Forbes list of the highest earners, and they changed that to the, the organizations with the highest employee engagement. Because employee engagement has become the metric for success at, at organizations. So what good does your work do if you're an EMS provider, if you can't look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you know what, I would recommend this job to a close friend, or even more importantly, I'd have my kid do this job. This job is so great. And I feel so good about it. I want my kid to grow up and be a paramedic or an EMT or a firefighter as well. So engagement is, is that secret sauce uh, that makes a good EMS organization great. That's a great uh, setup. And I'll go to you, Nick, because you mentioned, obviously, you're involved with uh, labor relations and uh, you know a, a member of the union, obviously, a guy in the truck. So you know we, we had a great definition there from uh, from Matt. But obviously, from your perspective, 
how do you want to be engaged with? Yeah, so I think that's a great question and very similar to what Matt said. Being engaged is it affects every aspect of the workforce right down to the uh, care that's provided to our patients. Um, Coming from a field provider, I think one of the biggest things that we hear uh, from the union side of the house is that people feel underappreciated. You know, during COVID, everyone, you know, was sharing memes and all sorts of discussions about pizza parties as thank yous. Um, But, you know, it's it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more uh, just recognition, acknowledging the people that are working under you, going out and asking and having true conversations as a supervisor with your subordinates, you know. How, you know, how are things going? What's the call volume like? What do we need? Uh, what do you guys need to make your job easier? What do you need to be able to provide the best care for the patients that we're serving? So I think it's, it's a very back and forth kind of street. Uh, it's something that, again, with engagement, it, it's, a bolt, it's a two-way street. So, Which uh, brings me to you, Shannon. So you've heard the definition. You've heard you know, the, the view from, from our friends, that are, our colleagues that are involved in you know, labor relations, workforce relations. Uh, you're the one here with the words uh, assistant chief in your name. Uh, how do you respond to those things? And therefore, how do you actively engage? And what are you doing right now to make that happen? Both of them did a great job explaining employee engagement. And I break it down a little bit further to just say, how do we make folks feel appreciated? Right? So right now, if I'm a paramedic or an EMT or a first responder, I can go work anywhere, right? So I want to be somewhere where I feel like I'm appreciated and I feel like I'm well taken care of and I feel like I have the tools I need to do my job. And so when you look at that from a basic perspective, it's, you know, how do we make sure our employees feel that way? And if we're doing that, in turn, they're going to be engaged. They're going to say, you know what? Shannon cares about me and, you know, my supervisor cares about me and I want to be the best EMT or paramedic that I can be. Because I want to represent, you know, the department and and be an owner, right? That's what we look for is folks that want to just own their situation and and work hard and and be happy, right? We want you to come to work. We want you to enjoy being a paramedic or an EMT. And so I think that at the very basis of that is just making sure that we appreciate our, our team members. Because in the end, that's where success lies. If we have employees that feel good and feel appreciated, they're going to then provide great patient care and make our patients feel good. And so that's where, you know, I like to see things. And that's what I used to tell my team a lot. I would say, I go, here's what you should think of. Anybody that's walking by, you need to think, how do I make them feel appreciated? And I think sometimes it's hard. And I'll hear folks say, well, Shannon, you know, we can't just send praise for, for people doing their job. But why not? Why can't we thank them? They they have anywhere else to be. They could have a different profession. They're sometimes there's a lot of inherent risk with EMS. So they're coming to work and doing a job that sometimes can be, you know, dangerous. So we should appreciate them. We should be thanking them for doing doing those things or at least recognizing them. So that's where I like to take it. It's just let's show our folks that we appreciate them. I'm glad you said that, and uh, I'm going to come back to you in uh, in a second, uh, Matt. But uh, I had a chance to to study the 2023 Glassdoor Top 40 Places in America to Work, and I'm delighted to say that out of that top 40 in the US, one of them is an EMS company, uh, and shout out to you at Royal Ambulance uh, in the Bay Area for actually consistently being a top place to work. Now, when I analysed, you know, they go into the sort of reasons why people think these are the top places to work. In not one of those top forty places do you see the words pay, salary, 
or reimbursement, but you do see the words looked after, and in this case, looked after well, valued, treated, treated brilliantly. And it's it's fascinating to look at that. So it's not about money at the end of the day. It's actually about what we're talking about here, which is uh, which is treatment. Now, NEMT Radio, we have listeners that have the words chief in their title. And of course, we have folk, hopefully, if you're out there listening to us on the truck right now, uh, um, you know, we welcome you. So we want to come away. And obviously, I'm talking to, you know, committee members that are looking at this in detail. Let's think about creating a checklist or a task, task list or a to-do list that folk can go away and actually actively implement. And hopefully this will lead back to some of the stuff you're doing as committee work. So either give us some examples, give us some success stories, or map out the road uh, to the future. Who wants to start me off? Matt, over to you. Yeah, so so first off, I love what Shannon said. Um, and, and what she's figured out, and, and I've often joked, but I'll say it here. Uh, boy, I really wish I worked for someone like Shannon uh, early in my career, because I would have had a much different trajectory uh, and maybe would have would have learned what's important about the job and the role quite a bit quicker in my career. Um, and so what we're seeing, you know, across the United States from a from a, a workforce engagement perspective is leaders that truly embrace owning themselves and focusing on the things that are truly important and fully knowing that the audience that they're talking to um, has an acute highly refined BS detector. So what Shannon said about going in and saying, hey, you know, I really appreciate you. You can't walk in the room and say that if you don't actually mean it because the entire audience is going to be like, yeah, no, nah, I'm going to see it right. Literally, that's my job at 2 a.m. when there's no moon and the wind is blowing sideways. I can figure out when someone is trying to BS me. So uh, for leaders, the, the toolkit for leaders is you, you have to have some authenticity in the words and the actions and the deed of what you're doing and how you're showing up as a leader. What I think is really cool, and Rob, you hit on it, is um, yes, pay is important. You, you know, it, it certainly falls on the list. You have to check the box to say, we pay you, you know, enough. There's a value proposition, and part of that is compensation. But if you look at the research that has been conducted for decades surrounding uh, employee engagement and what people look, look for uh, in the workplace, it comes down to three things respect, meaning, and connection. And if you can focus on those three things, and that's what employees want. So if this, this spans across the entire age demographic range from Gen Z or from our 20-somethings that are the emerging workforce all the way up, all the, way up to the boomers um, you know, that, are, that still may be working on ambulances. And, and, and early in my career, I certainly worked with people that had 30 or 40 years in the industry. The people that really feel respect they really have a sense of meaning in the work that they do, um, and and they, there's a connection fostered within the workplace. That's the secret sauce um, for them having long, healthy careers. So just literally yesterday, I was talking to a retired EMT. This, this man uh, had worked for 40 years in EMS. So he might be the first EMT in history. I really don't know. Uh, he certainly falls into kind of the first class of EMTs, uh, certainly here uh, in Oregon. He spent 40 years working on an ambulance, uh, never promoted beyond EMT, was never an FTO, was never a supervisor, was never a director. He spent 40 years working on an ambulance. He's the happiest man I've ever met in my life. So how can someone work for 40 years as an EMT in the Portland area and be happy and have loved every minute? And can look back and say, hey, listen, yeah, it was tough. There's certainly tough calls. Certainly had, you know, my struggle with bosses along the way. 
But at the end of the journey, he said, I'm willing to trade it for anything. And, and what I believe and what I think the research shows is that you have leaders like what Shannon discussed who foster a sense of meaning uh, and, and they promote value and they promote connection within the workplace. That's great. And uh, yeah, it's it's a function of leadership. And again, I'm going to go back to another survey that uh, I spent a lot of time delving into this last year. And of course, that was the EMS one, What Paramedics Want Survey. And I have to say, leadership got a bit of a slapping. And that's me being polite about it. And uh, obviously, there's some lessons that uh, needed to be taken away, some notice that need to be, to be uh, you know, people need to be put on notice that uh, that we're looking at you leaders and obviously some of this work and thank you you've already started off a great checklist there authenticity respect uh well you gave me two more i think as well uh meaning and there was one more connection yeah so that's actually we're already starting to develop a checklist in our takeaways and to do's nick i think matt laid out a good foundation um i think on top of that uh administrators and leaders need to respect the work-life balance uh when i was a baby baby EMT back in 2007. Um, it was, you show up, if somebody calls out, you're expected to come in, we got to fill these trucks, we got to fill these ships. Um, with the change in the workforce into, you know, Gen Z, Gen X, all the other stuff that millennials that have been coming around, the workforce is now respecting that work-life balance more than ever, I think. And I think that we have a lot of folks who are doing their required 40 hours a week and come and, and going home to spend the time with their kids because they've seen the past practices of divorces, alcoholism, substance use and abuse, all this stuff. And they're trying to break that cycle. So number one, emphasis on work-life balance. Uh, number two, I would say very similar to what Matt was saying, communication, basing communication, both formally and informally. So like I said previously, going out and having those, you know, blunt discussions in the streets with the providers, you know, what's the call volume like? What's the, what are the conditions of the stations, the equipment that we're operating with? What do you guys need to provide better patient care? And what do you guys need to help support your lifestyle and your family? And then the, the formal communication aspect of doing something like a newsletter or, you know, whether it's weekly, biweekly, or even monthly, just to say, here's the goals, here's our targets, and here's what we're looking at in the future. And on top of that, to have a feedback loop, have a means of communication for information to come from the field up to the senior command staff or administration to say, hey, these are the challenges that we're facing. Um, and some of the best solutions come from the field because they're the ones that are experiencing it every day. Um, additionally, I think engaging your workforce in terms of engaging your upcoming leaders. So your young staff who are showing motivation, who either want to participate in research projects, who are participating in volunteer committees, who always answer the surveys or questions when they go out to the workforce. I think those are the people that we need to tap into and we need to mentor them, get them teamed up with people who are already in positions, you know, as a lieutenant or as a frontline supervisor and say, is this something that you want to stick with? Because if we ignore those people, those are the ones that say, I know I have potential. I know I have the motivation. It's time for me to go somewhere else. And that's when we lose them to nursing school, PA school, medical school, et cetera, or even other companies. Great. I'm glad you mentioned the word mentoring there. So let's just take a second to remind everybody that uh, the Lighthouse Leadership program is uh, up and running. And uh, very soon, I'm sure we're going to be looking for the next cohort of uh, future mentees as part of that program. So look out for that uh, at NAMT.org. Uh, before we go any further, we're just going to have a quick message. Over three decades ago, PHTLS, pre-hospital trauma life support, transformed the assessment and management of trauma patients in the field 
improving quality of trauma patient care and saving lives around the world. The 10th edition of this trusted, comprehensive resource continues the PHTLS mission to promote excellence in trauma patient management by all pre-hospital care practitioners through global education. In the field, seconds count. The 10th edition of PHTLS Pre-Hospital Trauma Life Support teaches and reinforces the principles of rapidly assessing a trauma patient using an orderly approach, immediately treating life-threatening problems as they are identified and minimizing delays in initiating transport to an appropriate destination. To order your copy today, visit psglearning.com or follow the link in the show notes. And we're back. We're listening to NAMT Radio, episode 21 in early December. Don't forget, please like and subscribe to NAMT Radio on the platform that you get your podcast from. Also, if you're looking at us on your iPhone right now, there's a little check plus mark on your iPhone. If you hit that, it means you've liked, you've subscribed, and you get notified every time an episode of NAMT Radio drops. So we're here talking about uh, implementing a culture of workforce engagement. I've got Matt Philbrick, Shannon Watson, and uh, Nick Mutter with me. And uh, coming back to you, Shannon, so you've you've heard the uh, the guys build that checklist so far. So what are we going to add to it? Yeah, I loved it. You know, I just wanted to add on, Nick brought up mentoring. That is huge. So I actually joined the Leadership Lighthouse Committee this last year, and they are doing amazing work. They have mentees that just graduated. They're starting a new program of mentees. There's great mentors. And that inspired me. So as I was on this committee and I thought of ideas, I started making sure that I scheduled regular time with my leaders, right? And so you guys will hear this as either one-on-ones or stay conversations or just ways to touch base. And through that, we provide, I provided mentorship to them. So trying to help grow them either at work or individually or you know, professionally, however, but also I said, who are you mentoring in the workforce? You know, are there any EMTs or paramedics that you are having regular conversations with? Because they too should be sitting down having these regular conversations, engaging, trying to figure out, you know, how they can help and how to take people to the next level. And I think that was so valuable for our workforce. So in me pouring into the leaders, they then poured into the workforce and we were seeing people that had so much potential, recognizing it, talking to them and trying to help get them to that next level. And I think that that is just so valuable. So if you're not doing that, that is one thing that I would say, start having what's called those stay conversations. And it doesn't have to be scripted. It can be a quick and easy, whether you're doing it with your leaders or you're doing it with frontline staff, just go talk to them. Hey, what's working well? Or go right on an ambulance for a day. I was in a, I think at EMS world, they talked about it. A leader said he took a note card out and he went and rode on an ambulance one day. And in that one day, he had a complete note card filled front and back of ideas of what they could do to better engage their employees, better take care of their patients. And so sometimes it's just getting out there and talking to folks and having those conversations. So I wanted to add that on mentoring. And then another thing that this got me thinking about is just resiliency. So you all talked about it, but an engaged employee, they have to have resiliency. And a lot of the things we see in EMS is not normal. We see traumatic things all the time. And I think they say the normal individual has a couple traumatic events in a lifetime. Sometimes EMS workers have a couple traumatic events in a month. 
right? And so one thing that we always taught when folks onboarded at Christian EMS is, hey, let's talk about mental health. It is okay to not be okay. Let's connect you with resources immediately. Let, let's try and you know get a wellness committee going together. And I know Matt does a lot of work on this, so we can definitely expand. And it's probably enough material for another uh, radio show. But bottom line, you have to have resilient employees. And so I know we have a million open shifts and I know we have vacancies and we need the help to keep the ambulances up. But at the same time, we have to allow employees to have that time off and have that work-life balance. And then really just reduce the stigma with mental health. So we have an emotional support dog at, at Christian EMS. Tucker did it for years. And now we're bringing in a new emotional support dog. But those are things that that we're doing to make sure that employees feel appreciated, they remain engaged, they focus on their mental health, and we start it right from the beginning. So it really is a great program. That's fantastic. And uh, I didn't realize you had an emotional support dog. I see GMR's emotional support dogs on Instagram all the time. So get that that dog a website straight away and uh, get them up there because it's great. It's a great feeling. Um Something that you said, Nick, about uh, you know town halls and meetings. I'm going to share a, a top tip from my ten years at, as the uh, COO in Richmond. We had one day we had a town hall meeting, and folks said to me, "Nothing's going on here. We know nothing about what's happening in the organisation, and no one tells us anything." And I'm like, "Right, there's a challenge for you." So uh, for one week, we created every day a PowerPoint slide with two photographs and three paragraphs of what's happening today or what's happening around. And we called it Word on the Street, and we started it for a week. Um, 13 years later, it goes out every workday, and it's still going out now. And uh, you can see it if you go to visit Richmond Arms Authority, you can see the Word on the Street. And it's actually a really simple thing to do. It's actually difficult to be succinct, actually, to write three paragraphs of a story. But three paragraphs, two photographs, and you are telling your story, and the world watches, and everyone can see. And so if you want a top tip, Rob's top tip of the day, right, is to... Uh, Start something off like that, and you'll be surprised at what's going on in your organization. And there's tons to celebrate, right? Whether it's you know EMS anniversaries, whether it's your own staff, whether it's people of, I, I was looking at uh, word on the street today. My good friend, Dr. Joe Onato, medical director, passed more folk through ALS perception. Great story. Tell the world they're coming. So again, a simple idea, and uh, it just takes one page and a very short story, but actually it goes a long, long way to tell the story. Um, and I'm also a great fan of town halls. You can't uh, you can't be at a good town hall meeting to have everybody um, hear and understand everybody's views. Uh, but uh, you know, Nick, what's happening in in your neck of the woods in terms of that mass communication? So yeah, I can speak from the union side of the house and a little bit as far as what our department's been doing to continue to keep the workforce informed and engaged. Um, so as far as the union side of the house, uh, we provide biweekly updates to our membership. So they're hearing from us, even if it's a very small update um, every other week. Um, you know, these are the the high points of what the executive board's been doing in between meetings. Uh, these are the goals that we're moving towards for the either next month, next year. Um, these are the legislative processes that we're uh, following, engaging with, and providing testimony on. As far as the department. The department goes and does a very similar process. Uh, they give us uh, usually weekly updates, um, and there's usually six to eight topics in there, and it goes to everything from call volumes to discussing our new mobile integrated health program, our behavioral response unit, and our um, triage, triage to a mental health provider program. So it's giving continuous updates on that because I think 
a lot of the workforce is so focused on the call volume and we're seeing an increase in call volume in general that they don't realize that there's these programs going on in the background which are actually preventing some of those calls from actually becoming ambulance calls so i think that's a, a benefit to you know keep everybody in check and remind them that there are these programs there is help on the way and we are moving towards newer better things that are going to improve not only patient care but provider resiliency and provider satisfaction so one of the things that both shannon and nick mentioned is this idea of conversations and so uh if you're an ems leader i can guarantee you've seen some sort of an article or listened to a podcast or seen a Simon Sinek video or a TED talk or something along those lines that kind of talks about styles of leadership. And there's transformational leadership, there's transactional leadership, there's servant leadership. There's certainly all these titles and things, and, and there's a push to kind of self-identify which type of leader you want to be. Um, I, I'll break it down even more and say, there's let's let's oversimplify this and let's talk about conversational leaders. And so, so conversations, um, which which Shannon articulated, Nick articulated, Rob even said you were doing you know basically the kind of the digital version of a conversation to deliver information. That's really the secret to building a super strong foundation of employee engagement. So to so to take it from this kind of philosophical idea to a practical idea to something tactical, something that literally anyone listening to this can do. You can you can press okay, don't press pause. Listen to the rest of this. Listen to all the ads agree to subscribe and like and follow and you know smash that like button in the corner but but ideally when this conversation ends you can do something and the thing that you can do is you can engage in a conversation that you either work with uh, work for or with someone that works for you so what what is a powerful conversation a powerful conversation is a connecting conversation so it's a it's a, a conversation where you're not trying to deliver a piece of information so if I want to go and have a conversation after this and I go talk to, you know, EMT Bob, I can't go, hey, Bob, uh, how's it going? How's the family? How are your kids? You know, what's like, oh, you just watched the game last night. Oh, you did great. Well, I want to remind you to go ahead and uh, submit those TPS reports by the end of business today. Uh, oh, and by the way, say hi to everybody. We'll see you at the barbecue this weekend. That's not a connecting conversation. I had a piece of information I was trying to deliver and I did a disservice to Bob by peppering it with all this other flowery stuff like, how's your family? Did you watch the game? That's not a connecting conversation. A connecting conversation is something that you do as a leader, where you go to someone and you engage with them with the intent of learning something new about them. You have no agenda. Uh, you're not trying to deliver a piece of information. All you're trying to do is foster a connection. And that's literally something that you can do uh, today before the end of the day. Um, and then just be aware of that. So put your attention on that. So you have this conversation, then spend a couple minutes reflecting on the conversation. Did I try to foster a connection? Did I try to learn something new about this person? Um, or did I have an agenda? Uh, and, and arguably combining the two is a disservice to not only your, your presence as a leader, uh, but it's, it's a disservice to you uh, and the staff and the connection that you're trying to, to, to make. Because like, as we've discussed, people want respect. They want, they want to feel valued. They're not going to feel valued if you walk up to them and you just have information you want to throw at them and deliver to them. So, so really kind of spending that time and, and, you know, 10 years ago, it was called MBWA, management by walking around, right? Just do that. There's a tremendous amount of power in doing that. And you feel unproductive. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm going to call it like I see it. If you're out there just talking to people, that looks bad, maybe from a bot. 
But I can tell you that the, the, the deposits you're making in that emotional bank account with your staff or the people that you work with or work for is incredibly impactful. And you get to kind of withdraw those funds later when you need to, right? So, so yes, conversations are important, but how do you, how do you tactically do that? You literally walk up to someone and be like, hey, how's your, how's your day going? And then just let them go from there. Oh, yeah. How's everything else been going? Great. Tell me more. And we do this in investigations all the time. Now, now, all that being said, and I've heard this from EMS leaders across the industry, they go, I, I feel like that's really inappropriate. I feel like I can't do that. How do I go have a conversation with someone? And, and me being you know, a rusty paramedic, but still a paramedic, I instantly call BS on that. And I say, listen, you can get in the back of an ambulance and you can talk to a complete stranger. And in 20 seconds or less, you fostered enough trust and enough connection with this stranger to be able to poke them with needles or do other invasive techniques but you can't go talk to someone that works for you whose entire livelihood depends on you doing your job, get out of your own head and just go do the thing that's easy. Talk to them. Uh, conversations are the, are the superpower of really effective and good leaders. Okay, I'm going to turn that into a quote and a poster, by the way, and that was a fantastic... Uh, I don't know where... Listen, I started saying... In the headline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's what we'll call it. But of course, the, the, the clue is in the title, conversation. So if you're a leader doing all the talking, then you're doing none of the listening. And that's the absolute key thing here. And uh, you know, that, there's the point that I would make there. And of course, we're talking about leaders leading. We spend a lot of time talking about leadership, but we also need to develop through these all of this process followership because it's leadership and followership put together equals a team. And so we need to build that team and build the family and build the relationships. As we come to the end uh, of this, and uh, clearly we're going to have to have a continuation podcast. We're going to have to go beyond uh, beyond number 22, uh, folk, and, and come back and continue this conversation because I think it's vitally important, particularly in, as we get into next year, we might want to come back and sort of do a check-off of how things have gone. Obviously, there's a lot happening within the association. There's a lot happening within the industry, within the profession, or whatever we call ourselves, right? And so we might want to come back and see if we need to test and adjust our thoughts on this. So I'm going to place a marker in the calendar, guys, to come back um, in, in a few months' time. But as we come to a close, what are your words of encouragement for both leaders? We talked about leaders and followers, right? So what are your words of encouragement for leaders and followers out there right now? I'll start. I think that I would just like to end by saying one of my favorite quotes, people don't care what you say until they know that you care. And I think that's where we have to start. We have to show folks that that we care about them, that we appreciate them, and we do that through connection. And so it kind of wraps everything up. So as a leader, you've got to be out there getting to know your team. You just have to. Yes, there are a hundred things that you have to get done in a day, but your most important thing is your team. And so just remember that. And they have to know that you care about them because then they'll care what you say. So that's what I would give my leader advice. And then I would say for paramedics and EMTs, the sky is the limit. So I never thought I'd be sitting here today with Rob and Matt and Nick on this, you know, talk radio. How cool. I just came into this because I wanted to help people. And I just kept saying, yes, I said, okay, I'll go get my education. I'll get my associates. I'll get my bachelor's. I'll get my master's. I'll join NAMT. I will help on these committees. And so get involved. You know, you're passionate about this. There's a reason why you got into EMS. So I'll say, remember your why and help develop our workforce. You know, make sure that you're going to conferences, make sure that you're networking, take risks. It's okay to go out and start school, even if you're scared. 
So I just encourage you to be brave because the sky's the limit. There's so much out there and you're also a leader. So just because you don't have a title of FTO or supervisor, anyone can be a leader. Leadership is action. It's not a position. So you can influence others more sometimes than the official, right, title leaders can. So just remember that, that, you know, you are lead by example and just know that you're a leader too and the sky's the limit. Absolutely. We lead people and we manage stuff. I'll take the middle part. Um, so my first piece of advice for the, the leadership and the administrative side of things uh, with the new f- workforce, don't get frustrated when we have new EMTs who ask you why. People, the millennial workforce don't want to just blindly follow orders anymore. We have an inquisitive young workforce. who are trying to figure out their purpose and their why. Is this something that I support inside of my beliefs and my well-being? Is this something that's beneficial for my well-being? So don't get offended when the newer workforce asks why, right? It's, it's very different than the, the old guard sort of uh, setup that it used to be. Uh, as for the newer EMTs and newer paramedics providers that are out there, the, my one piece of advice is very similar to what Shannon said. This is our workforce. We're responsible for molding the future. So become engaged, whether it's NAEMT, other advocates, advocacy committees, um, we're responsible for molding our workforce and our careers into what we want to see in the future. It's such a pleasure to work with these people. Like, like EMS is, let's just be real. It's the coolest freaking job on the planet. There's adventure, there's identity. You get a cool uniform. You know how many EMTs and paramedics I know that hang their uniform in the back of their car? Or how many firefighters have the union sticker on that back window of their truck? We love what we do. And to get to work with people that love their job, even though there's tough days, is is so incredibly awesome. Uh, there's this quote that I love. It's it's by Epictetus, who's a Greek philosopher, right? It's it's ancient wisdom, but he basically says, "You are what you give your attention to." And if you want to be a good leader, put your attention on being a good leader. If you want to be a good paramedic, put your attention on being a good, good paramedic. If you want to be an expert clinician, then you put your attention on being an expert clinician. And the power of putting your attention on things, you research it and you live it and you breathe it. And, and let's, you know, I put myself in the leader's perspective. Let's say, let's say maybe you didn't have the most amount of leadership training in your career. I think that's a pretty common thing, but you want to be better. So put your attention on being better. Start having conversations with other people about like, hey, you know, have you ever really thought about leadership? Have you ever thought about like what it means to be a good EMS leader? And, and you know, our industry is so unique. Have you ever really spent much time thinking about that? Have conversations with people, have conversations about following, have conversations about, you know, what it means to, to kind of show up and what's important to us. What is our culture? What do we stand for? You know, and what what is, how do we show up? How do we do things around here? Those are really important conversations to have that drive home. That's that, that power of, of placing your attention on things. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll say that, that Rob, I, I, you had a challenge today. You got, you know, essentially four people on this, this podcast that, uh, could talk about this for hours and hours and hours and to wrangle us and put this barrier on us of, of, um, you know, a relatively short, uh, time, time frame to be able to speak, uh, was a challenge for you. Uh, so, so I'll just, I'll speak for the group and say, we appreciate your time and attention on us. So thanks for having us. Well, you know, you are some amazing cats to try and herd, first of all, and uh, I'm really grateful to be able to do that. And uh, 
Thank you for those final thoughts. And uh, I've developed quite, I, I haven't stopped writing down uh, since you guys have started talking because there's some amazing takeaways. And first of all, it represents the energy and dynamism that uh, you're putting into uh, the association, that you're putting into clearly your own practice. But obviously, this is what you're offering NEMT as an association. And so thank you very much for that. So here's a checklist that we've just created from our conversation. Management by walking about authenticity, respect, meaning, connection, work-life balance, communication. Um, uh, I'm going to add in pastoral care, which sums up some of the stuff you talked about. Uh, engaging your young staff through mentoring. And of course, not only if you're a mentor, you need to be mentored yourself as well. And I think, Shannon, you made that point. Um, get out on the street channel time for a ride along get out and have a have a conversation as i said a conversation if you're doing all the talking you're not doing any of the listening so we've got some amazing takeaways there which we'll put in the show notes for you all to use as your checklist but stay with uh, this team stay with NEMT radio stay with the work of the committee um and uh, you know we're going to hear a lot lot more from you guys i'm going to have you back uh, like it or not i don't th i think you're going to like it right but uh, for the moment uh Matt Philbrick, Shannon Watson, and uh, Nicholas Mutter, thank you so much for joining us on NEMT Radio. That was another edition. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, seeing you. Remember, episodes of NEMT Radio drop every two weeks, uh, usually about the 1st or the 15th of the month. But if you've hit that little checkbox on your phone as you look to us, look at us on the, the platform that you're listening to us on, you can like, subscribe. As uh, Matt said, you know, what do you say? Hit hit that bell. Uh, smash, that, that, smash that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe. There we go. You heard it there first, uh, folks. So uh, do that, and we'll see you next time. This has been AMT Radio. I've been Rob Lawrence. Thank you to our guests. And until next time, bye for now. Thank you.